I would like to invite you to take a moment within this moment, an opportunity to ponder, to think, and to examine. And as you breathe in and breathe out, I encourage you to soften the eyelids, soften your face. Breathing in and breathing out, establishing a solid comfort within that gentleness. And as you ponder, I invite you to come to accept the feelings of not knowing where I am going. I have trained myself to love it because it is only when we are suspended in midair with no landing in sight that we force our wings to unravel and alas begin our flight. Breathing in and breathing out, accepting the feelings of not knowing. And as we fly, we still may not know where we are going. But the miracle is in the unfolding of the process. Breathing in and breathing out, I have trained myself to love it, the unknown, because the unfolding, as you may know, does not provide us the direction, but provides us the invitation. And as you breathe in and breathe out, finding yourself in that solid comfort. Taking a moment now to allow yourself to reflect, to come back in this body, your body, and at your pace, at your rate, opening your eyes when you feel called. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness in spiritual emergence. Today, I am humbled and deeply honored to have my guest, Patrick, who I've been working with some time. Patrick, it's great to see you. It's great to hear your voice. How are you coming in this afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm just kind <laughs> of adjusting and, and coming in and I'm doing okay. You and I have been working on the process of healing within mental health and the relationship of different therapy structures, different therapy models. And you and I have talked a lot about the different paths one can take to healing. When I asked that question, what lands for you and what starts to percolate as I speak about different paths of healing for you personally? Well, for me personally, I've dealt with depression and anxiety for many years. And over the course of my life, I've, gosh, I've done a lot of talk therapy and different medications over the years and EBT and DBT and all these other things. And they've been 
effective to one degree or another. There were times, there were times early in my life, more like as a teenager, that it was my parents kind of pushed me to do whatever. And I know I, I did, I needed something at the time. I just wasn't ready for that therapy that I was doing. But later on in life, in my adult life, I was much more open to it and got benefit out of doing some talk therapy. And then when things were going a bit worse, doing a little bit more intensive therapy, IOP, intensive outpatient programs, or PHP hospitalization programs to deal with depression and anxiety. And they can be pretty intense. And and my my pattern that I've seen is that I'd go in and, you know, I have bouts of depression and I have periods where I do great. You know, I'm very high functioning and I can I can do really well in work and school and, and all that. But sometimes that there's times where the meds become less effective and I end up changing from one to another, to another, to another, or the other therapies that I've done have maybe become less effective. And so, yeah, more recently I, I got COVID some months ago and when I got COVID, it was pretty, pretty bad. And the, the nurse I was talking to was like, oh, you should get on Paxlovid and, and take care of this. And they also warned me at the time that it could have negative effects uh, again for my negative effects on my antidepressants that I was taking. But I was more worried about the COVID at the time. So I ended up just like, well, I'll just go ahead and take the Paxlovid and we'll see what happens. And so the Paxlovid helped with the COVID, but after a few weeks, I noticed my, the effectiveness of my antidepressants just tanked. And I was really worried at the time because for some months I had this ongoing thing where I would have some good weeks and then I would have some bad weeks or a week here that was good, a week there that was bad, and doing med changes and, and talk therapy and other things just wasn't really cutting it. And so I looked into um, psychedelic therapies, and that definitely is a, I mean, for me personally, I did a lot of due diligence in looking at the research, and what's out there is is real like <laughs> you know it's <laughs> like it's there's good science behind it but i can speak to my from my own experience uh, well that... and that's what i gotta that's what i want to pause you on because you are a brilliant and very intelligent man so you did the due diligence and you've always been open to people's professional opinions what, if we could unpack that for a moment, what led you, what caught your eye through your healing journey that brought you to the psychedelic research and the sciences of these medicines? Well, I wanted something that was maybe a bit beyond talk therapy and 
the the other antidepressants and things that I've tried in the past. And so I had come across information from, you know, books and streaming services and videos and stuff about this other therapies out there, psychedelics. And even my longtime therapist that I had talked with at some point, he just, he mentioned it almost like a joke, like, well, you could try and was like, okay. <laughs> and so I started doing the research and yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing the work that's been done with say cancer patients towards ends of end of life who are scared to death of dying and they've used psychedelics to help with their depression. And right. it's been amazing. Yeah, I do. Um, and I'm grateful for that, that you do come in with such a prudent approach and you and I, um, you just mentioned something very important, which is your personal story. So as we unfold this, you recognize the value and the motivation that drew you. Did you find it surprising how much effort and work and preparation was necessary? And what was that preparation like for you as you got ready to do your experience? Oh, that's a really good question. So yeah, I mean, going through and, and doing the research is one thing, but I also had to kind of search my soul to make sure that this was a good path for me, right? So I I took a fair amount of time, you know, weeks, months to kind of go through and, and really think to myself, okay, do, does this feel right for me? And in the end, I've tried so many other things that it was it, it was a small leap and I was in a very safe space and very well supported. In the end, it was me walking through that door, but it was a matter of, you know, lots of personal reflection in my own time and just kind of thinking about, well, what about, what about this negative impact or how about this happening? And in the end, it's actually, I think there, there are just as many pros and cons to taking any mainline frontline antidepressant to to going through a psychedelic journey as well i mean that is imperative and, to say that is so imperative to say this idea and i yeah. love how you framed it is you had walked through the door already with so many different modalities medicines professional suggestions that you, what you're saying right now is awe-inspiring and deeply reassuring is there really becomes I don't want to say no difference. They're just different pros and cons, right? It's as if you the know. the antidote is in sense to heal. And yet, yeah, there are going to be things that you need to be aware of that are going to be no different than side effects. But with the appropriate integration, you're finding it more gentle is what I'm hearing, more more solidified. Yeah, the actual process itself was much more gentle than I thought it would be and much more much more spiritual than I mean I know I I knew a bit beforehand that it was going to be 
a bit of a, a, a spiritual journey too, but I, it's for myself personally, I'm kind of more of an agnostic, really. I'm not really sure when it comes down to if there's a God or not, but man, like that, that experience got me far more in touch with my side than, than I thought it would. Can you say more uh, about that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, going through it. I mean, I kind of joked with people beforehand, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go talk to God or something, but I really didn't believe that. I didn't think that, but it, it, it did come up on the journey. And I felt like when I felt like somewhere in it that I felt the presence of something beyond myself. And it was so reassuring and deeply, deeply moving and affecting me. I cried about it. It was, it was amazing. And I, I can't, it, it's hard to put it into words how, how deeply I felt that. And right now, as you say it, knowing that words do become limited, what what is your emotional heart, your body, and your spirit saying to you as you're reflecting on this? I mean, I just feel in awe and elated and reassured that there, however... You know, your spiritual beliefs are whatever they are, but I mean, for me personally, I feel now like I have more, more evidence to say that I, there's something beyond me. There's something beyond us. And it's, I think the universe is looking out for us. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was definitely an amazing piece of the journey that I didn't fully expect that to happen at all. How is that dovetailing into your intention and desire to work and heal and manage your depression and anxiety? How is that reassurance of spirit interplaying with that lived experience of your symptoms with depression and anxiety? from that experience uh, i should back up like from from various things before dbt and and whatnot i've learned just a huge raft of skills you know that i've practiced over the years and in this great moment of clarity i thought to myself i get it now i kind of know i i have a, a new practice and what i've been doing is I set up a space in my home. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's it's a spot with sage and Palo Santo. And I like that and smell that and use it as a grounding practice. Uh, I also have this Tibet, Tibetan singing bowl that I use as a bell. And so I'm I'm using my five senses, right? That's the, so beautiful. The smell, sound, and everything to help ground myself on a daily basis. And my 
my new skill or practice, whatever you want to call it, on a daily basis, I want to keep doing the grounding exercise of smelling the sage, Palo Santo, listening to the bell, coming back to myself, putting my hand on my heart and feeling into myself and asking, where's my heart? Where, how am I doing? And when difficult emotions come up later, uh, I'll have that practice to lean on, I think, that I can use to sit with and be okay with those. Well, I don't know if okay is the right word, but be present with those and remind myself it's just an emotion. I'm just going to sit with it. After a while, it'll pass. And I don't have to be mired and stuck in bouts of depression and anxiety. So rewarding. So rewarding, huh? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what you're saying about the grounding technique just is such a ringing endorsement to the practicality of bringing in the psychedelic experience to your everyday life. This idea of simplifying it and finding, in a way, the magic within the mundane, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. The The dichotomy of the space that I'm using is the desk that I work at, right? So I've got my computer and whatnot here, and I've got the 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 profane on one side and the sacred on the other <laughs> and they're just they're sitting right next to each other perfectly fine i'm like i've got my little sacred space i've got my little profane space <laughs> it's just everyday mundane stuff and patrick yeah. what you're alluding to is so great the the inner action the inner weaving that we have to have one foot in the sacred as well as one foot in as you say the profane or the reality yeah. Yeah. Speak to me a little bit about the homage you have for this work now that it's under your belt and you've been walking. And I know in your life, there has been so much transformation and yet you're, you're walking through it so courageously and with so much strength. How do you pay homage to this work and what do you see on the psychedelic horizon for you? I mean... I guess doing the work in part is paying homage to it, right? Like I, I have much deeper respect and honor for myself and the work and other people. I mean, this is, you know, nobody's an island, right? And, and the folks who have helped me through this journey mean so much to me and i hear that what's the emotion yeah. coming up right now as you reflect on your allies your circle of influence your i believe you called it one time to me your people what what yeah. do your people mean to you today oh my god i sometimes i use the phrase same boat a lot we're all in the same boat and there are folks many of us out there 
who deal with mental health issues of one kind or another. And it's all, I feel like all of us have, we're all, we're all dancing to the same song. It's just got different lyrics for each one of us. Everybody has their individual story and there's the larger story of, well, all of us are kind of dealing with similar things and knowing that I'm not alone. There are other people dealing with this too. And the, 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 the support groups out there means so much to me and, and connecting with other people about mental health is, is, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's a bond to me that's important as any family bond, really. Yeah. I love that perspective in the ideas that you can lean on people, you can have sacred space with people, and you can have real conversations within a subject matter, as you said so eloquently, that we're all in that boat. There, we're, no one is void of having struggles, having grief and loss, having mental health trials and tribulations. And yet there's a lot of, I heard you say earlier today, elation. There's elation in this. It's not all sorrow. It's all not, as you said, mired with depression and angst. This elation of yours, what what are you leaning into to be gentle with yourself? How are you walking the gentle path? It's tough sometimes. I mean, finding that balance between being so busy and it's one thing after another, right? I mean, we have all of these things that we have to take care of, laundry and dishes and work and family obligations and people obligations. But at the same time, it's been important for me to keep reminding myself on a daily basis that it, it's not all about life can't be all about just stress and strain and taking care of one thing after another after another it's just this endless list right there are times it's okay to stop and breathe it's okay to check in with yourself um, and it's necessary i think it's i think it's important to check in with yourself on maybe a daily basis it just depends i I personally need that. I really have that cult. I've been cultivating that practice more of checking in with myself and, and giving myself the time and the space to say, well, it's maybe it's not okay right now. <laughs> maybe exactly. <laughs> that call, it, call it a spade a spade, right? Don't Don't be afraid of saying what the real emotion is or the stress or the strength of where you're at it's identifying it and acknowledging it. it gives a lot of freedom right right and then sitting with it and saying okay this too will pass mm, it's so gonna beautiful. be okay yeah patrick i bow humbly to the work what i see in you and i'm deeply impressed by is your diligence and your grace to unfold to uncover and to be okay as you say sitting with it and for that, I thank you.
Thank you. Thank you, Ryan.